full circle. Full circle. Hi, I'm Miss Wanda, and this is Full Circle. Girlfriend, this is a place where you and I can connect. It's a show that embraces a 360-degree look at womanhood. It's our voice, our perspective. It's what we care about, and it's how we feel. Empowerment through conversation is what it is. This is Full Circle. Family, welcome to another edition of Full Circle. I'm your host, Ms. Wanda. So excited for today's conversation. Friends of the show, Reverend Tammy Denise is in the house, the CEO of Carrie's Touch. Carrie's Touch is an organization that's near and dear to my heart. They are a breast cancer organization, but not just any breast cancer organization. They are an organization serving Black women in Sacramento and across the globe. I want to give you a little bit of information before I bring Reverend Tammy in for today's conversation. Studies have shown that though African-American women do not have the highest diagnosis of breast cancer incidents, they do have the highest death rate than any other race of women. Upon learning of this statistic, Reverend Tammy, a then recently diagnosed breast cancer patient, took action. Reverend Tammy was a student at St. Mary's College in Moraga, California, and was required to manage a community project as part of her graduation requirement. She decided to spread the word that early detection saves lives. She targeted the African-American faith-based community and designed an informative hand fan that appealed to her audience. She then launched a campaign to distribute the fans in seven Sacramento Valley churches. Reverend Tammy visited each church sharing her story and personal mission to save lives of African-American women through raising awareness and educating women on proactive breast health actions. It was important to Reverend Tammy to offer materials that appropriately represented the women she served. In addition to the fans, she gave breast self-exam cards displaying an African-American woman. The response was astounding. This work was so necessary. Thank you was one of the comments that she w- received. Another comment said, please continue your project. Our community needs this. However, these were not the motivating factors for Reverend Tammy to continue to inform her community. Comments like, I didn't know that I was really supposed to do the exams every month, or that machine hurts too bad, made her aware that as her project was coming to an end, her real work was just beginning. Thus, Carrie's Touch Incorporated was born. And since its inception, Reverend Tammy and her board of directors, comprised of all African-American women, remain determined to educate the community and empower survivors through speaking engagements, health fairs, seminars, home visits, support groups, and more. Carrie's Touch is committed to reversing the breast cancer mortality rate within the African-American community by declaring that we are the difference making a difference. So, you know, as we're closing out September, we cannot not close out September on the cusp of tomorrow being October 1st, 
not having friends to the show Carrie's Touch on the line so that we can talk about all of the things that Carrie's Touch is doing, not only in October, but to serve Black women and men in our community throughout the year. So, of course, we have to invite back friends of the show, Reverend Tammy Denise, CEO of Carrie's Touch. Good morning, ma'am. Good morning, Miss Wanda. Thank you so much for having me back again. Of course, of course. It's always a pleasure to see you and always a pleasure to hear not only what Carrie's Touch is doing and how they're serving the community, but also how we as community can band together and support Carrie's Touch. Wonderful. I am so elated that you just are always uh, not only a fan, but a well-informed um citizen and supporter of breast health awareness, especially for Black women. So you keep leading by example, and we'll keep following you, (laughs) ma'am. I will do my best. So kicking off Breast Cancer Awareness Month tomorrow, it is what you are calling Pinktober. Yes. Tell the audience, anyone that's listening that may not have heard about Carrie's Touch, which if they are part of the Full Circle family, they should know, but we're going to give them a pass today. So tell people, uh, introduce yourself, tell people about Carrie's Touch. Yes, yes, yes. And, you know, you always have new followers, so they might be part of the fam, but they may have come along um, from November through September, and now they're new to us. So I'm happy to introduce myself. I am Reverend Dr. Tammy Denise. I am a soon-to-be 19-year breast cancer survivor. My late sister and I co-founded Carrie's Touch because we found a gap in services when I was going through my personal journey. Women had support group meetings and the women didn't look like me. The women's conversations were conversations that I was having as a single young Black female. And so trying to understand not only the disease, but how to navigate a breast cancer journey with people that didn't understand me at all was quite challenging. And I've always said, I don't complain about a problem that I'm not willing to lend my voice um, to to fix. Well, you know, (laughs) don't give God a challenge, right? (laughs) Because God is like, oh, no, you're not going to go volunteer for another organization. Diversity, equity, and inclusion wasn't even a conversation on that level 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago. But um, God's like, no, you're not going to go just lend your voice in these other organizations. You're going to curate a space, especially for Black women, by Black women, that understands Black women's issues, um, our concerns, and our needs as we try to figure out our space in this major statistic against Black women. And so I won't, I won't go into that just yet. But yeah, that's that's a little bit about Carrie's Touch. We serve women literally around the world. We have a partnership with an organization um, in Ghana, West Africa. We serve women in Zambia. We serve women in South Africa. We serve women in Johannesburg, um, in Spain, in Brazil, in just various places throughout the world. However, We are pleased and honored to be based right here in lovely Sacramento, California. That's amazing. I want to talk more about your global initiatives as well. 
you mentioned DEI and I know, you know, I follow you obviously on social media and you had given a shout out to Amgen for doing a conference. Was it breast cancer and DEI or what, what was the initiative? Actually, it it wasn't. It was Amgen's, it was their stakeholder summit. So it was all of their partners that they have supported around the world. And it was all disease states. So it wasn't primarily breast cancer. In fact, Amgen isn't really a breast cancer company. However, they do support the efforts of breast cancer organizations um, as we look at comorbidities. You know, we are always talking about comorbidities. And for those that aren't familiar with that term, it's dual diagnosis. If you have more than one chronic illness, that sometimes is considered a comorbidity or a dual diagnosis. So quite often in the Black community, our women are plagued with hypertension, diabetes, cholesterol issues, heart disease, and the list goes on and on and on. So trying to navigate that space and Amgen is big in the bone health space. And while Black women don't have the highest diagnosis of osteoporosis, Black women unfortunately suffer the most and have the poorest outcomes as a result because Either, you know, it's the swan song, either we find out late or by the time we actually do go to a doctor, um, we're in the severe stages and folks die all the time from falls. Have you ever heard of, you know, grandma fell and died or, you know, auntie so-and-so fell and died or uncle so-and-so fell and died? And so as a woman diagnosed with breast cancer, some of our cancer treatments actually suppress our bodies from estrogen, which is a huge component for making sure that we have healthy bones throughout. So Amgen has partnered with us in the space. And so the the story behind that shout out really came as a result of last year. Last year, Amgen did the same uh, DEI Health Summit, and they were so excited and pleased with themselves for being diverse and diversity, diversity, diversity. But every speaker was a white woman, every one of them. And so, you know, Miss Wanda, the Lord sends me to say things. (laughs) I I stood up and I was like, you know, this has been fun. This has been great information. And of course, I learned something, but I wasn't impressed to have to fly all the way across country. Amgen is based in Southern California, but we they held this summit in um, Washington, D.C., And I I wasn't impressed to have to fly all the way across country only to hear about white women doing things that white women often do. They make noise, but they don't make noise for the the universal um, community. It's it's white women rise, rah, 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 and Mm -hmm. that's where it ends. And so I said it and and I found out later I got in quote unquote trouble, but you know, Uh, According to uh, late Congressman John Lewis, it's some good trouble to get into, right? So um, they based a lot of what they implemented for this year's summit on my comments about not feeling seen, heard, or valued as a stakeholder in that room. And they're on the stage with a panel full of white women screaming diversity. 
And I understood where they were coming from because typically it's white men. And I don't have a problem with white women being on the stage. Just bring some other folks on with you, sis. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So the shout out came because this year's summit looked drastically different than it did last year. You know, there was uh, a mix of all kinds of people, men, women from all ethnic backgrounds, and they uh, have even hired a black, a brilliant black woman to lead their, um, their diversity, you know, segment or, or unit. And a lot of companies are doing that. That's no big, you know, hoorah, but for them to actually take action, and listen to this little black girl in the audience that stood up in the middle of their predominantly white summit and said, y'all, I'm not impressed. And they mm-hmm. say, well, let's figure out how we actually get this DEI thing right and be inclusive and help us to see and find our blind spots. And so I felt that after those huge risks and huge steps that they took, um, including having their CEO there. This is the CEO of a multi-billion dollar pharmaceutical company. (laughs) And he found his way, you know, to come to this summit. And I think that is putting your money where your mouth is, because how many times do we go to DEI spaces and it's really just about checking a box? Yeah. And that was so important for them to not only hear it, but actually take action. Honestly, they probably really thought that they and not and I'm not taking anything away from them. But the the year before, they probably really thought they were doing something, you know, major. And while they were, they weren't. And so to be called out on that and then to actually take action and not just ignore the words of a stakeholder in the audience saying, wait a minute. Right. There's nobody up here that looks like me. There's no one that's representing me in the way that I need to be represented. Right. Yeah. And to take action on that. Yeah. I yeah. applaud them for that. I totally applaud them, you know, and I, I never intended for them to make it all black, black, blackity black event, sure. but for the the efforts that they took not only to 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 take action in that regard, but to have more black people actually in the room. Um, was it was major. So I'm sure the DC attendees weren't excited because, you know, they think that that side of the country is the best side of the country and Mm -hmm. that everything that moves and shakes happens on that side. But, you know, California is definitely always a leader in innovation and in many areas, not just in healthcare. So um, it was good that this California-based company actually brought people to their house. So, yeah. And it reflects, again, the importance of having the DEI conversations. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes people think DEI, oh my, okay, what are we doing now? Or yeah. how, you know, it's yeah. become a little bit of a controversial for some reason, yeah. you know, and when talking about DEI because of all of the things that are happening in the world. And people have their opinions about it, but it just continues to show the importance of bringing us into those spaces. Yeah. Making companies, organizations aware of the fact that representation matters across the spectrum. Yes, it does. And that was the name of their summit. I mean, (laughs) so shout out to Amgen. Y'all, y'all are taking a nice little chunk of our conversation and I'm not mad about it, but that was the, the name of their summit uh, moments that matter. 
right? And it was really gathering moments throughout those two and a half days that we were together to find out what mattered and what mattered to the folks that they are supporting and why they're supporting. So it was a great experience. If that had been my first experience, I would have probably thought it was nothing uh, different than what anybody else is doing. Mm -hmm. But building off of last year's experience, making the comments that I made, and them actually even saying at the end, you know, in their closing remarks that I was largely responsible for them shaping the the summit this year the way that they shaped it um, is huge. They listened and I mattered to them. So it was, it was huge. Yeah. A family, I just hope that you, if you get nothing else from this part of the conversation, that you get the fact that your standing up matters, that your voice matters, that you're saying something when you may feel intimidated or not sure, or even afraid that you may get in, and I'm going to use the air quotes, trouble, it matters. So saying silent will be the thing that continues to get us overlooked in different spaces. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that. And thank you for your courage in that. Family, we're going to take a quick break when we come back more with our good friend, Reverend Tammy Denise, right after this. Carrie's Touch, it's full circle. We'll be right back. Empowerment through conversation, that starts with you. Tell us what topics you want to hear. Drop us a line at fullcircle975 at gmail.com. Carrie's Touch is a breast cancer organization who is determined to eradicate breast cancer in all women and to ensure that black women especially are living and thriving beyond a diagnosis. We do outreach through teaching, understanding, caring, and healing, and we do it in the areas of awareness, advocacy, education, research, and survivor support. concerned about the woman. We want to make sure that she is receiving the resources she needs in every aspect of her journey from even before a diagnosis, definitely through a diagnosis, and then after a diagnosis. We want Black women to know that they don't have to journey alone and that Black women can and do survive and thrive well beyond their diagnosis. And we want them to know that they are more than their diagnosis. They started off as a human being, and after this, guess what? They're still a human being. Carrie's Touch is that organization that wants to become a household name. We want you to know that if you have a friend, a loved one, or even if it's yourself, that you have a friend in us. She's empowering women through conversation. 
She's Miss Wanda, and this is Full Circle. We are back, family. Thank you so much for staying with the program. This is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda, having a conversation with friend to the show, Reverend Tammy Denise, CEO of Carrie's Touch, an organization for Black men and women, not just in Sacramento, but around the world but mostly in Sacramento. If you're a breast cancer survivor, if you are a patient of breast cancer, if you're a family member of breast cancer, they can rally around you, provide support and services. Now we know that tomorrow kicks off October, Pinktober, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. You also have another hashtag, but before I go into that, oh, wait a minute, I have to congratulate you because on Monday you had a birthday. Yes, 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 yes. We turned 17. We turned 17. And, you know, that is big. You, you know, I mean, you know, in your intro, you said, um, you know, we carry such around the world and not just in Sacramento, but mostly in Sacramento. And to that, I want to say, you know, with more funding, we could definitely do more. And, and I come on and every year we, we get to talk about this. And, and I, I want you to know that your dollars matter. Every single dollar that you donate to Carrie's Touch matters because um, we just had uh, a request for support, financial support, and it was a unique request. And so as I was running it past our team and then I wanted to run it past our board because it was such a unique request, everybody commented on the uniqueness of this particular request. And I said, but isn't that what makes us who we are? When they can't go to the Susan G. Komen's, they can't go to the American Cancer Society, they can't go to any of the large organizations or any other breast cancer organization to meet this need, which is a common need in our community, they can come to us. So your dollars help us to meet those unique needs that are specific to black folks, you don't see, I have never seen white folks out there doing a GoFundMe to bury a, a family member, right? Okay. okay. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But, you know, when this request came in, that this woman who thought she had her affairs and orders, and there's always the fine print, you know, uh, re read your contracts, folks. Sign, <laughs> I know it's a lot of pages, but take the time to read the contracts because this woman you know, I don't want to give too much of her information away because I don't want anybody to be able to identify her. But she thought she had her affairs in order. And as she passed, she learned that her family learned that she didn't have her affairs in order. Mm -hmm. And here they are. Four sons trying to bury their mom. They could come mm -hmm. to Carrie's touch. They could come to Carrie's touch. So your dollars do matter. And with more funding, we could do more, not just in Sacramento, but throughout the country and around the world. So um, I, I just needed to say that. Yeah, no, you're <laughs> absolutely right. And I think, you know, I'm always preaching that on this show is that it's one of the hardest things I ever had to do was to create my trust. And the reason I say that is because you're dealing with stuff. First of all, you're dealing yep. with your mortality yep. and you're also dealing with, you know, they have these scenarios. If you're incapacitated or if right. you're this, yeah. or if you're that, and you don't want to think about that. That's right. Mm -hmm. However, and I say this a lot to people, it's one time it's you do one it time. one time. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it anymore. And right. then your family does not have to go through that struggle. Right. Of trying to figure these things out and all of that stuff. 
It is hard. It's difficult. It's very hard. But it is so necessary. Absolutely. Because death is the absolute only thing in life that we know for certain is going to happen to us. There's nothing else that happens in our lives that we are 100% certain that we're all going to experience and it's death. And, you know, we have people that are afraid of their mortality and with, with women that come to Carrie's touch, you know, one of their greatest fears is dying. You know, they, they don't want to die. And I, I tell them, I said, well, newsflash, you're going to die. So let's take death out of your worry and out of your anxiety Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it's going to happen. And instead, let's focus on living and how you can live. So don't ask your doctor, am I going to die? When am I going to die? Ask your doctor, how can I live? What treatment options can we put in place that will help me to advance living versus rushing me to death? Right. And yeah. and it changes the game. It changes the conversation. And even people who are transitioning, I, I lost 12 people in um, August, in the month of August, 12 people physically died. And, you know, it, it, it's it's a lot. And so with loved ones that are going through that transitional period, I tell them, don't mourn the loss of a loved one that's still here. I don't care what condition they're in. Even if they are non-communicative, they can't talk anymore. Sit down and have special moments with them because on the other side of that, when you flash back to it, you'll get to hold those endearing moments close to your heart and be able, and then there'll be those special moments that you can never, ever, ever replace. Versus you sitting there stressing, waiting, looking, you know, for them to die because it's coming. And none of us knows when God is going to say, okay, this is your last second on, mm-hmm. you know, on, on earth. Um, and then family gets to, we get to talk about those moments that are just wild. You know, my sister, the co-founder of Carrie's Touch, you know, and her final moments of life I mean, she was bananas. (laughs) And now we get to, we laugh. We say, you know, that crazy lady, blah, blah. But in the moment, it didn't feel like that. And, you know, I had to tell family, it's like, hey, let's just pause and let's just appreciate, let's ride with it. Let's roll with it. And let's create a memory that in the future, we'll be able to look back and laugh at. And so not saying laugh at somebody who's dying. I'm saying create special moments, you know, that will matter later. Yeah. You and I both have been on the on the other side of this conversation or on the side of this conversation where you're told by your doctor that you have cancer. Mm-hmm. That is, again, you know, I've had some hard moments in my life. Mm-hmm. That's definitely one of them to hear that. Mm-hmm. And I love how you said, you know, don't ask the doctor when, okay, if your doctor says you have, you have cancer. Don't, don't, Try not to use that as your first response is when I'm going to, when am I going to die, et cetera. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Focus more on the living. It's hard to do family. I am not saying it mm-hmm. like it is something easy mm-hmm. because that was the first thing I thought was, oh my mm-hmm. God, I'm going to mm-hmm. die. My son's only nine. Right. And I'm not going to live to see him graduate and all of these right. other things. So yeah. this is the first thing I thought about. But when I came back to myself, it was, okay, let's focus on getting well. Yes. Talk about your experience of when mm-hmm. the doctor said that to you. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how did you, I know you had uh, people that rallied and supported mm-hmm. or supported you, but talk about getting through just that initial hearing that diagnosis mm-hmm. and getting, starting to get through to the point where you can actually just, I'm going to say function for lack of a better mm-hmm. word. Yeah. 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 And, and, and this one that moment is so big because it's not just hearing those words, you have breast cancer, you're thrust into a foreign land using foreign language. And you're asked with very little information to make a decision that will impact the rest of your life. So you add all of that into it. And then we're black women, right? You add all that comes along with being a black woman, all the, all the things that are on our plate, you know, black women, Malcolm X said it best. I, I say it all the time and I messed this quote up and I don't know why I can't get it straight in my head. Nonetheless, it's, you know, black women are the um, least protected, um, most neglected and most disrespected women in America. And he said that over 50 years ago. And that's still true today. You know, so when we are navigating breast cancer with black women, a thing that we have learned as an organization is we've got to meet that sister first before we meet the diagnosis, right? Because the diagnosis is there. And so many women I talk to say, I don't have time for this. I got stuff to do. Mm -hmm. And most often that stuff to do isn't even about them. It's taking care of other people and other people's needs. So I, like you, met that moment with my cape on my back, superwoman to the core. I was in school. I was um, working a full-time job. I was a single mom. I performed in theater. I was extremely active in my church. I was active in social clubs. And I was, because I'm a leader, I was in lead roles in all of these capacities. There was no time room or space for breast cancer, a disease that I had only heard about from afar and had no real understanding of what that was going to mean to my life. And I was 39. So I was considered a young survivor because I was under age 40. So sitting in that room, I basically did the same thing most women do. I I didn't, I wasn't fearful initially, immediately. I was, I don't have time for this. What is this? Okay, well, let's just add this to the list of things that I have to do. And so what do I need to do? I got to go have surgery. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do, okay, well, um, (laughs) let's add it to the list and let's just keep it pushing, right? And, and, and let me take a step back. I did not get my diagnosis in an office. I got my diagnosis while driving um, on the road to San Francisco, taking my children to the airport. So my truly initial interaction with that, those words were I was just completely confused by why this physician would say those things to me when I, A, said it wasn't a good time for me to chat. Mm. B, I informed them that I was in the car driving with my children and C, that they would go ahead and tell me that information anyway. So that's a whole nother side to (laughs) the question that you asked. But if we just get with the emotional side, once I was actually in an oncologist's office and they said, this is what you have and this is what we need to do. I was like any other human being. I was 
um, in shock. And I was like, okay, let's add this to the list. And I didn't have time to be scared. In fact, I was too ignorant to be scared. I didn't know anything about the disease. Mm. I didn't know its impact at that time. It wasn't until later in the conversation when the doctor continued and started talking about, you know, black women, um, you, you have an aggressive cancer. It's already spread. Black women die at 41% higher rates than white women. And it's unlikely you'll be alive in five years. Right. So I, I was like, let me pump this cape up a little bit more because not only do I want to live, I have to live. I had 10 and 11 year old sons at home, a 17 year old daughter, and I had to live. And I didn't even un fully understand the implications of even that thought that I have to live. And, you know, I entered a clinical trial and my oncologist later told me I was the sickest patient he'd had in 20 years, his 20 years as an oncologist. He had never seen anybody as sick as me. My family wanted me to stop the clinical trial because we didn't understand what was happening. We, like many Black folks, we thought the, me the medicine was killing us, was killing me. We didn't think that I was going to be okay on the other side. And I was so annoyed by the statistics, so annoyed by the lack of diversity in clinical trials. Um, and so annoyed by the lack of Black women in this trial that when I asked my doctor how were Black women responding, he said he didn't know. Mm. I was annoyed, Miss Wanda, by all of that, that I told my family and loved ones, I was like, I will not quit this trial. And if I die, they're going to have statistics on one Black woman. Period. So learning how to navigate that I, I only had a brief moment of, oh my God, you know, what if I die? I knew I needed to get into action. I knew what I know now is that I was an anomaly um, with regard to thinking about Carrie's touch, even though it wasn't Carrie's touch then. I knew I had to do something to raise awareness around this disparity. And, you know, back then when I looked it up, I said, there was no research about Black women and breast cancer. I found one article in the, in the top 10 reasons why Black women were dying at such disproportionately higher rates was because um, lack of awareness. Wait, you mean people just don't know? Lack of understanding about breast cancer, about the disease itself, mm -hmm. about the treatment, treatments itself, about treatment options available to us, about clinical trials, what they are, what, you know, and how, um, how they impact the advancement of medicine. I had heard about Tuskegee. It was a thing. Um, but I didn't know the prevalence of Tuskegee and what it, the impact that it was still having on the community. Um, and the decision-making. So I, I mobilized immediately. I grabbed my family and my friends. I said, we're having a meeting and this is how we're going to do this. There's too much happening in that daggone room. When I go in there, I'm never going in there alone again. <laughs> I'm like, I need, I need you in there praying. I need you taking notes. I need you asking questions. I need you overseeing and making sure and all this stuff. I never went into a doctor's appointment for 10 years with less than six people for 10 years. That's support. 
That yeah. is support right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think so. I, sometimes I think people, and I, I certainly didn't think that that was even an option, right? You know, yeah. you have a doctor's appointment, you may take one person with you that drives yeah. you or whatever, but yeah. you don't really realize that you can bring a village. And even if they aren't in the room, they may be in yeah. the, the waiting room or the lobby or whatever, but to right. have that support, because yeah. that's really important. I know I went through most of my journey alone mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. myself, you yeah. know, I had my mom that was able to help where she could, but she also was caring for my son while I was going through this too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Which is often our story. And let me tell you, I, so I, um, I have the only blood relatives that I had in Sacramento at that time, it was small. It was, it was my sister. It was my children. Um, I was divorced at that time, but I called on community. I told you all the places that I was showing up, mm-hmm. church, work, um, community e- events, um, community organizations, the theater. I called on people from the community. And a thing that Black women, unfortunately, we are not good at, as as good as we are at so many other things, we are not good as at accepting help. We're not good at asking for help. We're not good at even knowing what we need because we don't have privilege enough to take the time with ourselves to find out, what do I really like? What do I really want? Right? And so I don't say that to blame Black women. I say that to acknowledge that we live in a culture that does not prioritize Black women and our needs And as a result, we are left on the chopping block, even in our own lives. Yeah, that's good. So it's not uncommon that Black women go through these journeys alone. And Ms. Wanda, what's um, even more challenging is that so many of us are prideful and society has said that we cannot show weakness. Black women cannot show weakness because if we do, we are cut out of the equation even more than we already are. And so we go through these journeys alone, not only because we don't have the support, but because of fear and because of pride of letting anybody know. I have had the privilege to journey with women, prominent women in the community nobody knows they're breast cancer survivors. Prominent women. Is it because of, and I'm not saying these women specifically, but when you don't recognize people are, have gone through this, is it a shame thing? Is it a pride thing? Like, what is that? It really is a little bit of all of the above. Um, It's, it's 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 shame, it's pride, um, because a lot of times black women, we are all we are frequently two steps ahead of any given situation. We have to be right because we don't have six months savings in the bank account. You know, we, we don't have, you know, a rich uncle that can provide us some support to get our medication. We don't you know, we always have to be two steps ahead of most things. And when breast cancer not only hits you like a ton of bricks, like cancer did when, when you were diagnosed, the journey of navigating a cancer um, 
the, the, you know, the process of navigating a cancer journey is a whole next level thing. And cancer at some point brings us all to our knees. Most of the time we can figure it out and we can get over it. Not when you're going through a treatment for cancer, not if, it, you know, even folks that only have surgery. And I say only, only because chemotherapy and radiation are a whole nother conversation, but even people that, you know, at, at minimum have surgery, it's still a whole psychological game that you have to navigate afterwards. Right. And so it's, it's all of those things that are happening so fast and seemingly beyond your control that it, it puts us in a tailspin and we don't know which way is up. Um, and it's easier to swallow it and act like it doesn't exist, a trauma response, you know, swallow it and act like it doesn't exist so that the pain won't be so, so, so much. I We have served people early on in their cancer diagnosis, and I've seen them several years later, and they will literally say, I forgot I had breast cancer. Mm. They did surgery, they did chemotherapy, they did, did radiation, and some of them are taking uh, a hormone replacement uh, pill every day for their cancer. And they say that they forgot. And I'm not saying that they say like they don't remember. They have put it that far out of their minds. So it's it's a it's not a one-stop shop. It really is um very multifaceted. Yeah. I before we go to the hashtag in the 41%, I just want to go back to the insensitivity and the cultural incompetence. Mm -hmm. of the doctor that you had that mm -hmm. you told him all of this stuff. Like I'm, I'm driving. It's not a good time, but yet you still want to tell me, like you feel the need to just tell me this right now. Yeah. Do you, does Carrie's touch work with the doctors um, just like the medical professionals in general, just to kind of teach them some of that cultural competence, or do you have any partnerships that kind of highlight that for doctors so I told you black women are always two steps ahead. That is actually <laughs> <laughs> that. So you've heard about our research pro project and partnership with UCLA Project SOAR, speaking our African-American realities. And um, we've done phenomenal work with that project so far, giving black women's voices and pictures and experiences um, a space and a narrative that they have traditionally been left out. And with my co-principal investigator, Dr. Annette Stanton, who is a white woman, um, and she understands who she is as a white woman, and she is compassionate and sensitive to the needs and disparities of Black women with breast cancer. And so she uses her privilege to help us advance this narrative and this movement. And so um, I can't give all of it away right here on the radio today, but just know that that is um, one of our next steps with Project SOAR and moving in that direction for sure. Yeah, but my finger on the pulse and don't even know it. I told you, you we always <laughs> two steps ahead, two steps ahead. Family, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back more with friends of the show, Reverend Tammy Denise, CEO of Carrie's Touch. We will be right back after this. It's Full Circle. Like and share our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5. No one should battle cancer alone. You've come to the right place. Carrie's Touch. Carrie's Touch. Survive and thrive. 
than 20 years, black American women continue to die at approximately 40% higher rates than white women diagnosed with breast cancer. It's time we end the 41%. Together, we can do this. and save black women's lives. Survive and Thrive is empowering black women through technology. We're the first app conceptualized and designed by BIPOC women for breast cancer patients. With education, research, advocacy, and support, we humanize and save Black women's lives. Black women's experiences with breast cancer. When we change women's lives, we change the world. And we're back with Miss Wanda, life coach, motivational speaker, and friend of sisters everywhere. This is Full Circle. We're back, family. Thank you so much for staying with this important conversation and with the program today. It is Full Circle. I'm your host, Miss Wanda, having a wonderful conversation with friends of the show, Reverend Tammy Denise. She is the CEO of Carrie's Touch, kicking off Breast Cancer Awareness Month starting tomorrow. But of course, we want to hear not only about what Carrie's Touch is doing in the community, but also how we can support the organization. All right hashtag in the 41 percent yeah so it's so bizarre that for for me i have heard that language well i have heard the language of black women die at approximately 41 percent higher rates than white women i've heard that for literally 19 years and when we started this campaign a year ago there weren't very many people saying you know in the 41 percent as they were giving their statistics. And I woke up one day last summer and said, okay, so we want to make sure that we're doing um, black women died at approximately 41% higher rates than white women. And then it just hit me. I was like, fool, do you know what you just said? You've been saying that for 18 years and you say it like you're ordering your favorite drink at Starbucks. You know, you know how to, to run down. I want this, this with extra this and none of that and all of this. You run it down just second nature and you get your cup and you walk out the door and you go on with your day. And that's kind of how those statistics have been um, presented. And they ultimately, you know, when you hear something over and over, it really falls on deaf ears. 
And so we said last year that we wanted to say, okay, we're going to give those statistics, but we're also going to say hashtag in the 41% to do a couple of things. Number one, control the narrative. And number two, change the narrative. And this year we're adding on to the end of the 41% to say, you know, it's now time to start talking about the 59%. Because if 41% of women are dying from this disease, 59% are actually living. And what did I say early on in this conversation? Don't go into your doctor's office asking your doctor if you're going to die. Ask your doctor how you live. And I said, we are going to shift that into the conversation to say, how do I live and become more on the 59% versus being reactive and chasing or running from that 41%. And so that's where we're moving into this year. And so our overall theme for BCAM is run with us, Um, run with us to end the 41%. And so we're having a virtual run and we're inviting folks to join us across the nation. We're trying to get 1,000 people across the nation to donate $41 and to lace up your sneakers to walk 41 miles between October 1st through November 28th. November 28th is Giving Tuesday. And of course we want folks to raise additional money, but if you don't do anything else, but you say, okay, Ms. Wanda, Ms. Wanda says, I'm, I'm going to join the challenge. I'm going to sign up. I'm going to donate my $41. I'm going to lace up my sneakers and I'm going to get a sister to walk with me and then get that sister to get a sister to walk with me and then get that sister to get a husband or a brother or a cousin or an uncle or a friend to walk with me. And across the nation, um, we will have folks um, walking with us, raising awareness around the 41%, but changing the narrative to talk about the 59%. I love that. A, an opportunity for us to support Carrie's Touch in the 41%, but it's more than just focusing on the 41% of women who die of breast cancer. It's right. actually, even though it's focused on 41, mm-hmm. we're really focusing on the 59% mm-hmm. of women right. that live. And that's an important statistic, mm-hmm. you know, because we do hear that a lot. 41% of black women, black women are mm-hmm. diagnosed at higher rates and et cetera, et cetera. But right. what about those that survive, that right. make it, that live? Absolutely. I feel like a campaign manager. It's like run to end the 41. <laughs> that that is um and you you'll soon see all of that I, you know i miss wonder i wish i could just lie to folks and blow smoke up their butt but our we have a new website that will be launching um just in a few days you know technology technology is technology mm-hmm. so we might be a couple of days behind but all of this information is going to be on our website at www.carriestouch.org now y'all if you go to carries touch before october first and you don't see the information don't bombard miss wanda and don't call us we are having technical difficulties and it'll be up at asap but we are working very very hard to get it up um, on time but all of the information will live there in the meantime we do have an eventbrite page so if you just go to eventbrite and um, search carrie's touch 
Um, we've got several events that are happening. Um, it can go there. And Ms. Wanda, I can shoot you the link as well so that folks can click on directly on the Eventbrite page to be able to get to participate. Um, again, we 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 figured that because there is momentum around the 41, um, we didn't want to shift the narrative to the 59 because that was going to be a whole new starting point. We wanted to build on the momentum that we already have with people at minimum being familiar with the 41%. So it's run to end the 41. It's a virtual run. We are going to get a thousand people across the nation to commit to joining us in this challenge, registering, donating $41 and there's special incentives and gifts and things for those that actually pay the $41. You'll get an official, I ran to end the 41% uh, t-shirt and other, other special prizes that I'm not supposed to give away yet. Um, but you'll, you'll get special prizes then bring a friend along with you to help us to navigate this space. And it's virtual. There's going to be instructions throughout all on social media. So follow us on social media. We're on all the platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and TikTok. And take your pictures. There's going to be incentives for those that will take your pictures. You'll be able to download your, your 41 mile um, calendar. So every mile. And here's the thing. Everybody is not physically capable to walk a mile. Um, and so we're, we're giving you eight weeks to do it. We've got a 93 year old who said she wanted to participate. She said, I am going to register and I'm going to, she's 93 and she's on a walker. And I said, your mile equals you coming out your house and walk into the opposite corner and coming back. You can check off your mile right? I'm not a runner. I won't be running. I'll walk, but I won't be running. And so I will walk my, my time. And what this is really about, it's about raising awareness. It's about proving that we can connect as Black people around a cause that's important to us. When we have initiatives that support our women, and especially our Black women as the head of our household, ultimately we're supporting our families and supporting our communities. We save our women, we save our families, we save our communities. I will put the link on the Full Circle media pages so that you can participate. You know I'm committed to being there, to doing this, to helping uh, support Carrie's Touch in this way. It's a good way to not only support, but to get some exercise. Because one of the things that helps us fight different diseases and stay healthy is moving our bodies. Mm -hmm. So this is a great way. And don't think you have to run. Because I ain't running. <laughs> mm -mm, me neither. Don't think that you have to run. But if you just get out there and walk. And I love the idea of grabbing a friend. Mm -hmm. of educating each other and educating other people on, you know, this is why we're doing it. Come out and join us. And right. then you start to build a community uh, right. because of that. So I love that. What right. else? So usually Carrie's Touch has a mm -hmm. whole tour in October. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. What else yeah. is happening starting tomorrow? Carrie's Touch is once again hosting our Celebration of Life tour um, where we will go throughout the community and celebrating survivors. Oftentimes when you hear that term Celebration of Life, you're at a funeral. And in, um, in conjunction with the philosophy of Carrie's Touch, Fight to Live, 
um, we take back that term because there are women and men who are um, surviving cancer diagnoses every single day. Again, now focusing on that 59%, but surviving cancer every day that deserve to be celebrated. And so we have people that reach out to us throughout the year and those that have um, had some of the most severe or extreme circumstances. We just want to bless them, let them know that somebody's thinking about them. So we will be stopping at um, locations throughout um, the month. We start on October 7th with our actual celebration of life uh, limo experience. So we go and those women that I just talked about, we go and then we do a special surprise for them. And thank you for to you, especially the very first time we did this uh, celebration of life experience for survivors, you were one of the volunteers that actually took gifts to the women. So you got to see firsthand um, what a difference it makes for, for the recipients of that gift. And then throughout the month, every Sunday for certain, we will be in various churches and various locations. All of that information will be on our website. Two um, events I want to highlight. The first one will be Survivor Sunday. That's the Sunday where we try to get as many breast cancer and other cancer survivors um, in uh, one particular worship service. Uh, this year, it's going to be at St. Andrew's AME Church at 2131. 8th, that's the number 8, um, 8th Street in Midtown Sacramento. Service begins at 10.30 a.m. And so somebody on this call just might be the preacher that morning. I'm not sure, but there might be somebody on this call who's being the preacher that morning. And so we'll have celebration. We'll have wonderful, authentic African cuisine available as well. So that is Sunday, October 8th at 10. 30 a.m. And our attire for the month is um, comfortable clothing and you wear your sneakers um, representative of running. So we'll have on sweatsuits and sneakers all month long. And the second event, um, we have a whole month full of virtual and in real life events happening. But the second one is uh, it'll happen on fifth Sunday at Faith Fellowship. And it is our Real Men Wear Pink. We are finally pulling together an event that is going to feature men um, who are supporting Black women, supporting women, supporting cancer patients. Um, they're there as a support and they're there also to support other men who are diagnosed with breast cancer. So Real Men Wear Pink, Fifth Sunday at Faith Fellowship Church. I always look forward to hearing what you're doing out in the community in October. Where can we find all of this information again? You can find it, find it on our website at www.carriestouch.org. That's C-A-R-R-I-E-S-T-O-U-C-H. Last week, I had a friend to the show, Melissa Magonzo, on the show, and we were, she was the executive producer of the big histo the documentary about black womb health and she mm -hmm. had mentioned that she had lost a uh, she had a friend i believe the friend had just gotten diagnosed with breast cancer and she was like in her early 30s mm -hmm, mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about before i let you go i want to just talk a little bit about breast cancer as being diagnosed in women younger and younger and a lot of times women young women aren't 
approved for their mammograms through their insurance because they're just too young. How can we support those young ladies in making sure that they stay on top of their breast health and and fighting for the tests and things that they need, even though they're not 40 years old? Mm Miss Wanda, I swear you are secret. I, I feel like there's a camera in here <laughs> or something. <laughs> because I swear, we literally just supported a 35-year-old woman who had noticed some breast inconsistencies last October, October of 2022. She was presented to me, I was going to say early spring. And we had, you know, a few issues connecting. Nobody, I'm not not blaming anybody. We just had a few issues connecting. But by the time we connected, um, she was having actually um, blood excretions um, coming through her nipples. And doctors were not taking her seriously. She couldn't get a mammogram. She was getting appointments like way into the future. She'd go to the, the appointments and they would tell her to just watch it. We came on the scenes and um, I was able, I took her case myself. I was like, nope, I want her case because in case I have to show up, I need me to show up because, you know, that's like God. Sometimes God will speak to us through other people. And sometimes like God, like, nope, I got to show up on this one. And that's what we did with this young woman. And um, I was able to teach her how to become an advocate for herself. I gave her language to use to to and questions to ask and empowered her not to be afraid in that doctor's appointment and to educate her that that is your visit. It's not the doctor's visit. That is your visit. That doctor is going to leave that office and go to the next office and keep moving throughout their day. That is your visit if you don't go in there prepared. And so here's a shameless plug. Carrie's Touch has an app. We have a Carrie's Touch app. It's, it's Right now, it's still only in the iOS store. Um, but if you download that app, it's in the, uh, we're working on getting it on Android by the end of the year. Say prayers, say prayers. But um, for now, it's only in iOS. But it, there's a feature in there called Before You Go. And that feature actually walks you through preparing for your doctor's appointment. It checks in with you to find out how you feel personally. It checks in with the questions and concerns that you have about your doctor's appointment. It checks in with your understanding because Ms. Wanda, you know this, you start this down this cancer journey and you're seeing 10 doctors and you lose track of which doctor you're saying about what, what your understanding is about that appointment. So this, this feature on this app helps you understand the, who, who are you saying? What is your understanding of this appointment and what outcomes do you want in this visit? So that's what we did with that young woman. And that's what I say to not just young women, but all women, this story, this situation is not uncommon to Black women, unfortunately, no matter what your age is, but especially to young women, you have to become your own best advocate and you have to understand your body. And this is what I told this particular woman. She said, they keep telling me nothing's there, but I know something's there. And I said, well, we don't stop until we find it. I don't know what it is. I'm not saying it's cancer, 
but we know our bodies and we know when something's not right with our bodies. And so I say that to all of us, don't let anybody tell you that it's not when you know that there is something not right with your body. And so after roadblock after, so it wasn't smooth sailing from there. She was able to get an appointment. She gets an appointment. She was able to get assigned a surgeon. She gets assigned a surgeon. And we're waiting on the surgeon's office to call back to schedule the appointment. And so she says, well, they said, wait, this was on a Thursday. They said, well, if they haven't gotten back to me until by next Friday, I said, "Uh uh-uh, if they haven't called you by Monday, you call them back and find out. This woman literally tells the sister oh, we thought that this was fake because we got your inquiry from last October and I canceled both of them. She never called the patient. She never called the doctor's office. She never talked to anyone and she's canceling appointments that impact this girl's life. And so I was like, oh, absolutely not. I said, once we get through this, what I need you to do is take names, take copious notes, and then we will deal with this on the other side of that. You know, and so thankfully, 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 we were finally able to get her scheduled. She actually had her surgery and it actually came back that the tumor was benign, meaning she didn't have breast cancer. But she went through all of the stress and anxiety that you go through to find out the end results. And so that is information, not just for young women, but especially for young women. And finally, I have to shout out my partner in this work. Courtney Quinn is currently the executive director at Albi Aware. And we, we partner with Courtney regularly for women who have peculiar cases and not necessarily easy for their insurance to cover them. So um, Albi Aware is a great resource for the community for young women because they do have resources that can help either cover the cost of the mammography, a portion of it, or get them on the right track. So we partner very closely with them. So um, shout out to my girl, Courtney over there. Yeah. What an ordeal for that. that Insane. I mean, utterly insane from last October, this just got resolved weeks ago. Is that not insane? And that happens all the time, all the time, all the time. And that's why, you know, my, my response wasn't necessarily that that's just to young women because black women have that same story all the time. So, yeah. I'm so glad that the outcome was something positive. Yes. yes. And not, oh my gosh, you're stage four, almost on yeah. the verge of yeah. being out of here. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And and that's why I told her, I was like, we will deal with all of this once we get you where we got to get you. That's not your focus right now. And And a lot of times because there is always so much injustice surrounding services to us, we end up getting caught up in the injustice and we lose sight of why we're doing what we're doing. And then we don't fight as hard for our health or we use our energy fighting the system when it really is, we're going to put this on pause. Let's go through, let's get to where we need to get to because, you know, have that turned out the other way, she still would have needed to focus on living. How do I fight to live? I'm young. I have children. I have multiple reasons to live. 
All right, Reverend Tammy, tell <laughs> the people how they can support Carrie's Touch. Yeah, yeah. And and Miss Wanda, I want to leave the folk on a high note because that's a that's a heavy story. But on a high note, Carrie's Touch is has been privileged to do incredible work around the world. And, you know, with more resources, we can serve more women. We can help ensure that 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 59% of women not only can live, but can live well beyond their cancer diagnosis and their treatment. Because once you get past the physical part of it, it becomes a psychological battle. And we want our women to battle back and be healthy mentally, physically, spiritually, financially. And we want them to feel as whole as they want to feel. Um, And Carrie's Touch is able to do that because of resources that come from individual donors that don't say, we can't use your money to support a woman in need. You can reach us at www.carriestouch.org. You can download our app in the iOS app store, Carrie's Touch. And you can join us on our run to end the 41 virtual challenge. We're trying to get a thousand people across the nation to register, donate $41, grab a friend and send this message that we are taking back this narrative and owning it. And we are doing our part to help advance the narrative to shift from talking about the 41% of women who die and celebrating the 59% of those of us who are alive. I have one last question. This has been a busy year and a busy couple of months for you. You had a lot of loss Mm -hmm. and my condolences to you for that. Thank you. How are you taking care of yourself? Absolutely. First thing is I turn off my phone. So so let me level set. (laughs) There is no self-care in September and October. It's just the season, right? But I I level set. I turn off my phone. I I have stop times um, on my phone and I veg out on TikTok. I try to eat healthy food. Tea um, settles me. Um, So I always have my tea with me. Um, And part of this challenge, this run to in the 41 challenge is to get me personally back out there on the pavement and walking and doing what I need just to be in nature, to be one with myself and one with my higher power, who is God, um, and just to reconnect. And so I, I do, I do a reconnect in the morning, um, I I had said that I was going to stop doing my morning meditation on my phone and I'm going to go back to using a paper Bible because once you pick up your phone, there's a thousand things. And even though I'm supposed to meditate and I'm supposed to read my scriptures and I'm supposed to pray, and but I do it all on my phone and all the other things are happening. So an addition for me with self-care this October is to use my paper Bible to do my morning devotion and study and do my um, meditation on YouTube on my TV instead of on my phone. We need you to continue to be tons of water, (laughs) drink water. Reverend Tammy, it's always a pleasure having you. Likewise. Family, don't forget Carrie's Touch Celebration of Life kicks off on next Sunday, October 8th, with the Large Survivors Celebration at mm-hmm. St. Andrew's African Methodist Episcopal Church at 2131 8th Street. It's oh. across from Southside Park. 
All right, family. So, you know, do whatever you can to support, not just in October. Um, use the hashtags, the uh, Pinktober and the in the 41%. If you're out there, especially if you're out there supporting the virtual run to end the 41 online challenge, you can find all the information and details at carriestouch.org. Also, make sure you're following them on social media at Carrie's Touch. And if you are an Apple user, download the app or tell a friend about the app. If you have someone that's going through breast cancer, they just received a diagnosis or they're not sure who to turn and they don't know about Carrie's Touch, here's the introduction. So make sure you introduce them. Carrie's Touch does a lot of wonderful things out in the community, supporting the community. And don't forget when it comes to donations, big day of givings, Giving Tuesday, all of those things, think about Carrie's Touch in your giving. Next week, we kick off the Full Circle Overcomer Series, women that have overcome obstacles and challenges and have come out on the other side. We are doing six weeks of Overcomers this year. So it's going to be a wonderful, a wonderful, powerful series of conversations. Make sure you're tuning in. Also, if you want to sponsor the show, make sure you hit me up at fullcircle975 at gmail.com and uh, we can get you set up to be a sponsor and get your business highlighted. All right, fam, show love to everyone you meet and I'll see you next week. Peace. This has been Full Circle. Follow our Facebook page at Full Circle 97.5.